the god of hellfire and I bring you fire. This is I Don't Get It, the hypest pop culture get-off-my-lawn-cast imaginable, fulfilling all the pop culture promises we've ever made. Featuring the open-minded musings of two really cool early 40s guys who are staring down the prospect of entertainment irrelevance, I am one of those really totally cool influencers. My name is Bill Scurry of American Caesar Enterprises, and my other really cool dude is right here. I am the proud possessor of approximately 400 Twitter followers. That's a, I know, you're impressed, ladies, ladies. Uh, my name is Noah Tarno. I am the senior quiz master and founder of The Big Quiz Thing, the trivia game show spectacular. You know, Noah's rabbi once described him as being lit. Yeah, my rabbi did, really. So uh, this is the podcast, as you all know, where we take something that the kids are into, something that's got some fire behind it, ha ha ha, and uh, we pull it apart. We see what's there for us. That's our whole thing, is to give everything a fair shot, be really um, really even-handed, and, and, and see if we like it. We're not just trying to be cavemen and curmudgeons here. We're trying to be nice guys. We want to be invited to the party. We want to be invited to the festival. We want VIP access to your private yes. island. That's what we want. We want the exclusive yacht brunch with Bella Hadid. That's what I, we're aiming for here. You know what? That I don't... does not exist and never would exist. <laughs> so this week, as you might have guessed, we're talking about yeah. the Fire Fire Festival documentaries. Not necessarily... yes, yes. To be clear, to be clear, right, to be yes. clear. Yeah. So uh, two movies came out at the middle of the month. I would say maybe maybe less than ten days ago, as we're recording now, at least. So Hulu and Netflix, which I don't know if. We knew these were coming. I think one of them was coming, and the one was a surprise. I, I, I knew the Netflix one was coming. Okay. I heard about that because I was in, I saw the trailer, mm-hmm. and then apparently Hulu just I don't know someone must have known, but Hulu like surprise dropped their documentary to preempt Netflix by a few days. Right. It, I, I definitely I didn't know Hulu was working on one, but I knew Netflix. Was working I don't on. think a lot of people. I think the Hulu one was a surprise to the market in general. Yeah. So the fact yeah. is, all of a sudden, there's this embarrassment of riches that the Fire Festival, which happened uh, in 2017, which flamed Happen, out. Happened in quote marks. Yeah. Whatever it was that happened, it happened yeah. in 2017. In spring yeah. of 2017, and it flamed out very visibly in front of everybody, and it kind of took over social media that weekend. I don't remember paying attention to it, but whatever. That's neither here nor there. So these two documentaries, this, again, one by Netflix, one by Hulu. Hulu was their first, so let's describe them just very generally. So the Hulu documentary is called Fire Fraud, and its team is a people, this, this pair of documentarians who have real sort of social justice bent. They're real pros who kind of came out of that PBS uh, school of... Uh, a document documentary. There's a guy named Jenner First and a woman named Julia Willoughby Nason. They're very accomplished. They got a long line of things. And once I mean I hadn't seen their work, but it was some real, real solid stuff. That's what was impressive about it. So the Netflix one was directed by a guy named Chris. Uh, I was going to say Chris Brown. Chris, Chris Smith. Smith. Yeah. Chris Brown. Chris Brown. No, let's not talk about him. Speaking of hype. <laughs> he's got enough things to worry about. So Chris Smith himself is a pretty renowned documentarian. He makes yeah. more of these movies in a pop mold. He makes American movie, yeah. uh, which was about um, really good American movie. Mark Borchardt, yeah, really great. Good. Yeah, if you that's if you like twi- that's like twenty years ago now. Right? Yeah, yeah, something like yeah, that. It was, yeah. re- I think, it was two thousand three or, or something. Oh, it's not quite right. twenty years ago, but you get the point. It's, it was really good. Yeah, I mean, that was a movie about Mark Borchardt, the filmmaker. He was making this horror movie called 
Coven, or he, as he pronounced it, Coven. Coven. No, and, it's pronounced Coven. And Chris Smith also directed the first The Yes Men movies, of which I think there right. were two or three, and those were those were really good. That's more about the subjects. Anyway, Hulu seemed to be more of a perhaps a sociological bent. The Netflix one was, I think, a partnership with Vice, which had done a yes. lot of covering of it back way in the day. Yeah, and right. um, the production team for the Netflix one, I think, was a little more controversial because it was executive produced by a guy named Elliot Tabelli, who was one of the founders of um, something called Fuck Jerry, or now Jerry Media, who were the implementation team, the uh, the sort of advertising firm that was really responsible for getting the word out in the street about the Fire Festival. So some people looked at it as being maybe a little bit of a wash on their reputation, trying to exculpate them from some of the fraud. Again, you can watch the movies and wonder who's at fault. But on the other hand, yeah. the Hulu one has suffered criticism because they they actually get Billy McFarland, who was the, the main producer behind the aborted festival. Hulu paid him and got him on camera. They paid him a quarter, a quarter of a million. Well, no, that's the rumor. Hulu okay. denies it. They right. say it's less. So I would imagine it's less, but still a lot of money. Now, you know, you can you can complain about the ethics of that. While well, get into this, I think it makes for a richer documentary. I mean... Yeah, <laughs> if McFarland's goal was to make himself look good, I don't. I think once again he has failed. Yeah, but, that, that um, was what was pretty yeah. cool about it. But yeah, so yeah. I think the point of this episode is that these two movies dropped at the same time. I don't think anybody who's watched one has not watched the other. Generally, I'm sure yeah. somebody has, but this is kind of been a package deal. So it's this weird moment where you have this hot topic that comes out over the weekend in the binge age on two streaming services about the same subject from two different points of view with two different sort of pedagogical structures around them. And we get to sit back and enjoy it. It's like it's like a good age for schadenfreude. So we're talking about the yeah. movies. I and mean, obviously we're going to yeah, talk about the yeah. festival. No yeah. one, no one's going to sit here and say, oh, Noah, how would you have felt about going to fire festival when you were a kid? That's kind of not the point. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, right. So, uh, Although, I, 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 I'll say it now and I'll leave it there. I, I have always liked Blink-182. I think they're a decent band. They were supposed to play there. That would have been the only thing I would have liked about it. But yeah, good headliners. So anyway, I'm going to kick it off to Noah. I think I think we got our grounding. What's going on here, Bud? Odds are anyone listening knows what the Firefest is, but I just want to say briefly. The idea was it was this music festival that was supposed to happen in the Bahamas. It was basically advertising for this app fire that never happened. It was sort of it's described as like Uber for booking high level talent, musicians, and actors, and whatever to come to parties. They got all these. Instagram models and famous people that I don't give a shit about to, to hype it on social media and people really got excited and like these these millennials who are obsessed with Instagram all wanted to go to this music festival and they promised they basically prom- promised an extremely high-end fancy festival and it was a total disaster people got there and there was nothing there it was disaster tents it was shitty cheese sandwiches people were locked overnight in the in the airport but they're trying to get back uh, it was a real disaster nobody got paid uh, and, you know, spoiler alert a bit, but I think this provides some context. Billy McFarlane, the 25-year-old, quote-unquote, entrepreneur behind this and behind the Fire app, uh, and he was teaming up with Ja Rule, the ridiculous rapper. Uh, McFarlane is basically <laughs> revealed to be a, a con artist, and he is now spending six years in jail for wire fraud. I, unlike you, Bill, I was following this when it happened. Like, I'd never heard of the Firefest until it blew up on social media. And I sure. was obsessed. And I'm not really sure why I was obsessed, but I'm far from I know exactly so, why. So, 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 I... okay. Well, when I heard Netflix was doing a documentary, I'm like, I'm watching that shit. And I saw Hulu did one. I, I mean, I watched them both 
probably each one within 24 hours of it coming out. And I will say I love them both. I agree with much of the consensus out there right now, like, well, which documentary is better? Which one should you watch? And uh, Vulture, New York Mag's Vulture, did a, like a, a compare contrast. And I, I agree with it pretty much 100%. They say, look, these are both great. There's really no one that's better than the other. They do, as you say, they do have slightly different focuses. I prefer the Hulu one, but I think they're both very strong. And part of what I like about the Hulu one is I think it details the crimes a little more, which I find interesting. And also I find instructive because I don't know why, like, I'm like, well, why did this fail? And they really go into the details and learning about what a psycho McFarland is and how he runs the scams and what he does. And the Hulu one also kind of takes a cultural criticism angle on it. And it, you know, talks about millennials and what they're about and why they're attracted to it. And it interviews a couple influencers and kind of explains what influencers are and makes fun of the idea, which we all want to do. They get great interview subjects. I like that about it. It takes the cultural critique angle, which I find very interesting. They also critique fuck Jerry slash Jerry media and take them to task a bit for their culpability. They, they get an interview with a former employee there who apparently is being sued by his former bosses. Yeah. And he's laying a lot of blame on their feet. And you can argue about whether this media company, essentially this advertising firm, is morally culpable. Um, they're actually part of the production team behind the Netflix one. They barely get mentioned in the Netflix one. To the extent they do, they're being defended. Uh, you can argue that that defense is valid, but purely from a scratch and itch perspective, I want to trash in them. Because anyone, fuck Jerry just started as like this meme factor in Instagram. It's just crap. And now these guys are like big shots and making a ton of money. So you want to dump on them. So I like Rightfully that about so. it. That they're well, fucking white targets, man. That's the, this is yeah, this is your yeah, job. When you're right. that visible and you make something so ephemeral, yeah. the least you can yeah. do is is uh, withstand uh, the brickbats right. of her. Right, and they go and they show footage of them at like like talks and symposiums, and they're talking like they're hot shit. So fuck them. Big difference between the two is Hulu. McFarland sits for an interview with Hulu. Apparently, Hulu paid him yes a lot of money. Man, he hoists himself by his own petard to use a very outdated uh, metaphor, whatever Petard is. The Netflix one, I, I like, as I say, I like that too. And the one thing the Netflix one does that I like, does more than Hulu, is they focus more on the victims. And I see two major classes of victims here. Now, the kids who went down, people love to dump on them. Oh, millennials, they got $10,000 to spend on a fucking concert. You can laugh at that all you want, but these people are kids. I really don't think it helps to be harsh on them. And none of them died, and none of them got injured, and probably almost all of them can afford to lose a weekend in 5000 bucks. So you know what? I like to think a lot of them now are glad they had that shitty weekend because now they got the story, right? Two years mm -hmm. later. Yeah. Uh, so, so don't pity them. They'll be fine. There are two classes of people who... They, who are victims here. The people who worked on the FIRE app. Uh, the fire They were not working on the festival at all. They were working, and you could say this app is stupid, and these people were dumb to work for Billy McFarlane, perhaps, but they're in their 20s. You know, cut them some slack. They worked for years on this thing, and now they're fucked. And McFarlane, of course, didn't even have the good grace to fire them so they could collect unemployment. He just said, no, they, they literally show him going, no one's losing their job. No one's losing their job. We just can't pay anyone for a while. They get those people on the camera. They're very articulate and very sympathetic. And then, of course, the forgotten people, as always, the poor African, well, African-American is wrong, the poor African natives of the Bahamas. Afro-Caribbean. 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 Thank you. Thank you. The, the people in the Bahamas who are not the target demographic of the Firefest, who slaved away for weeks leading up to the festival, in some cases 24-7, when the producers realized nothing would get done and it would be a shit show, and they metaphorically cracked the whip for weeks and weeks and weeks and never got 
page. So I love these things. I mean, whatever. I dig. <laughs> I, dig I think no, I, we can tell from I, the enthusiasm. I, your I, voice I, I, that, I, yeah. I think, and, and you you always come at this stuff from the angle of like, well, is it a well made film? And and yeah, they both are. You know, they tell a good cultural story. They explain why. They explain how. They show the process of the crimes and the. You know, they basically had this huge idea for this festival on a gorgeous beach with Instagram models and and the height of luxury, and they just didn't do the work. And you know, I am very Calvinist. I'm about hard work. I have often said that the the bitterest lesson of adulthood is that it's not all about hard work. So when you see someone who tries to skate by on pure hype and refuses to do the work, these guys are like three months away from the festival and they're just jet skiing and getting drunk and talking about partying like rock stars. And so it's very satisfying to see those people not succeed. And not only not succeed, but like fail spectacularly. And, and, and get actual and, litigation, you know, on top yeah, of that. And, and, and suffer the consequences. And this mm-hmm. uh, is a bigger thing about that. I'll get into why it's popular. But that's why it's popular with me. Good stuff all around. What do you, what do you think? It's amazing that because we've had moments in, in time where we've had two movies about the same subject hit. Frequently, they're, they're, not, they're not docs. They're usually like when the Truman Capote movies hit. Remember when yeah. they did Phil yep. Hoffman was Truman Capote yeah. and, and Toby Jones? Phil, I love you always talk about these celebrities like they're your friend. Not Philip Seymour Hoffman, but Phil Hoffman. <laughs> Like, like it's sometimes in that case, it's clearly obvious that one is better than even though they do different things. They're not quite yeah. about the same exact thing. They have different techniques, but usually there's a, a winner and a loser. And this, I don't think I've ever seen two docs before. I mean, the last moment I was going to say was the People versus OJ as the same time that they did OJ Made in America, which were very different things. And they were both indispensable for different reasons. So this is strange in that, well, there's this small thing that doesn't really affect that many people. It's a postmortem. And there are two doc crews from two different streaming services as we're describing working on this and yet somehow i agree both of these movies are really well made they're different films even though yeah. they wind up talking they show you a lot of the same people and even have some of the same stock footage the archival footage is yeah. the same it's amazing that you could have something that is so symmetrical where they're telling the same story but they are doing it in two different ways and it's yeah. wild that they both wind up being great and they complement one another and yeah like you i wasn't going to watch these until even with the critical mass that was going on i just wasn't interested in devoting three hours to watching two. and by the way the minute count is almost like they're almost yeah. the same length to the minute it's yeah. just pretty wild yeah. but the funny thing is when I asked you like I, on a text I just thought oh, what, what are the odds that Noah wants to actually do this for an episode and you came back with an all caps yes yeah. and then the next step was I already watched both of them like okay I guess we're, yeah, uh, I, I guess we're, I was I was I was eager for this yeah literally nothing to complain about this is this is an unvarnished great topic this is a great handling yeah. there's no competition between both of these and I hope that the people who made them are aware of that uh, i think that they might be that they've complemented each other that whatever decisions that each made differently or independent from the other were both wise they were both sagacious and that everybody consumed both of them and they made these documentaries that will stand you know the test of immediate time <laughs> i don't know how long these things immediate last time. but yeah Right? It's going to be like Yes Men. Yeah. It is going to be. I think these things sit with the, the work of these, uh, the, whatever was in the, uh, the the reels of these documentarian teams. Uh, it's going to sit with the rest of their work along the way. And no, it's not as important as social justice, even though no, there is an of angle of not. social justice for some of these. It's not like you're talking about Dr. King or, or um, <laughs> Jesus. The, the, the people who were on Firefoot made a Khalif Browder uh, documentary. You know, it's really? Like, so, it's like, oh, yeah, okay. they've really covered. That. That's what yeah. I'm saying. They've covered like a, a lot of things that matter in the 20th. 21st century where so few things do matter and so it's nice that they these maybe it's like a a palate cleanser maybe this was like some of that ginger i think 
there's more to it than that. And, and part of the reason I prefer the Hulu one is I think the cultural critique angle, I think, gets to something very important. I mean, I think you can make a big argument that the reason our country is in the dire state it's in these days is because things like Fire Festival, what has led our country to be people who put more value on selling than doing? That this idea that as long as the money's coming in, it'll be happy, it'll, it'll be fine, and you know, we can jet ski and party and shit will fall together because I'm an entitled person. Someone says in one of the documentaries, there's essentially a fire festival going on in the White House. Yeah. You know, it's not that this is a palate cleanser and that this is nothing. It's that this is a relatively light topic that is symbolic. In some ways, this explains everything. So I think there's a lot of, I mean, look, this is what I studied in school. I studied popular culture and reception theory and makes me sound like a freaking intellectual or whatever. My argument always was this stuff might seem, you know, light and meaningless to you. It explains everything in a way. Yeah, what you're describing is the reason why I did like the Hulu one slightly more is because they did loop in Trump and they were in, in so many words insinuating that things like the Fire Festival happened because we are culture. It's almost like that's the superficial like shanker. That's the, the herpes on the <laughs> lip that tells you that there's some disease. Yeah. That inside the body. That's the pock. We didn't break the law in the execution of the festival. What were you indicted for? Uh, I'm not going to comment on any criminal, ongoing criminal proceedings. But you were indicted. I'm not, I cannot comment on any ongoing criminal proceedings. Why do people want to watch these docs? Why is this a market for these docs? It's, a, it's such a great intersection. I, I think the question is, yeah, how come two of these gigantic titans decided to put their money behind the same thing at the same time? And whether they knew they were working on it at the same time, is, I, I couldn't answer that question. They knew that this hunger was out there, even if, even if I didn't. Per se, but but they did. You know, more to the point, why is our cohort? You know, like my Facebook and Twitter had been filled up for days with people. You know, slowly get on board watching both these things, and unlikely people that I, I found were watching both of these movies. Like people I didn't think gave a fuck. Obviously, were sitting in that Noah Tarno camp where they they honestly did. They were really interested in so much they gave three hours of their life. Even people with kids, you know, like our parent <laughs> friends were watching this stuff after hours. So it was. It's like there was this hunger to see this. Now, I, why? I think it's pretty simple. It's a great intersection of watching those Instagram kids who you find obnoxious look stupid. But that's not all that happens. I think that the bigger point was watching this. It's it's a pruder film, a fraud. (laughs) Uh, And everybody loves that. And especially, I think, because it blew up so big, people our age who are a little mystified to, you know, much like we are, a little mystified at the speed of things, wanted a postmortem that did have the back and to the left headshot. You know, you wanted to see people yeah. talking about who was in the de- depository that day, who was on the grassy knoll. And these movies lay everything out pretty well. It's like th- the idiots went and vi- they videoed everything. So there's no shortage of archival yeah. footage. And the yeah. fuck Jerry guys had, because they were in on the meetings and then they, so they had access to their video for their version of the movie. And the Hulu guys had different access to different films. But you did have a mini different points of view but it was all inside it was around the table so there's almost no mystery you know there's just uh, marveling at what happened but the mystery is lands in a very satisfying way and that by the time this thing ends there are very few questions left over that need to be answered yeah it works out really great for the viewer and so many things in pop culture have this air of ambiguity and the nice thing is i didn't have any ambiguity with these things i just get to sit back just let it wash over you and if you want to have schadenfreude great if you want to do true crime great that's there too i haven't heard any detraction from any of our cohort or, or I have. whomever I have. I have. Yeah? Okay. Have. Well, tell me tell me yeah. about it. I can't remember exactly what. It probably had something to do with boo-hoo, cry me a river, more white people upset. 
I think there's more to it than that, as we've already said, but I'm sure there's something negative to be said. There always is. There always is. Uh, so wh why do I think this is popular? Uh, yeah, schadenfreude, is, it scratches an itch. Look, I, I said before, I think I'm not the only one, especially people our age and compared to this. I, I don't. I don't buy into the myth that millennials are all spoiled brats. Oh, yeah, Frankly, me neither. I, I think, I think millennials a, are a lot harder workers and a lot less spoiled than baby boomers. And I think baby boomers are the reason myth. we're all yeah. fucked. Something we talk about a lot on the show, going back to one of our earliest exact episodes, we talked about EDM. And I realized, I'm sure some expert would say that music was an EDM, whatever, modern music. There's this idea that it's lazy, it's stupid, it's empty, it's only stuff to zone out to while you're drunk. So we want to hate on that. I think the biggest reason why this is so satisfying is you mentioned it. Someone in the documentary says there's a fire festival in the White House. There is a strong pervading sense and Trump has pushed it into the red. Bad guys are getting away with it. The 2008 economic crisis, no one went to jail for that or hardly anyone went to jail for that. I'm still upset about that. And McFarland is very Trump-like. He's a con artist. He's a fucking con artist and a psychopath. I don't know the technical definition of psychopath versus sociopath versus all that, but he, he, he clearly has some mental detachment from reality. And I firmly believe that Donald Trump is very similar. It's very satisfying right now to see the price being paid. And it's not just that McFarland's in jail. It's that, hallelujah, the festival did not go off. It was a failure. It was revealed to be a scam. You know, he ran around in his business before Fire Festival, Magnesis, this bullshit black card, credit card for um, millennials fell apart, but he never really paid the price. He moved on to the next scam. And Fire Festival was so big and so conspicuous in its failure that there was no hiding it. He had to say in front of the camera, Fire Fest has failed. Donald Trump's never going to say any his presidency failed. But more so, it just the hits keep coming with a disaster it was. Everything was a mess. Uh, you know, his reputation is destroyed. Ja Rule's reputation's in trouble now. Um, I mean, hearing the stories in these documentaries, it's amazing. Oh my God, the story of the producer. There's like an older guy who was a producer for him, Andy King. He's gay. They got him to agree to go down on a Bahamian customs agent in exchange for forgiving the $1 million duty payment on the uh, pallets of water they were going to have for the festival. That's I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Right. So that it, it's all obvious what a mess this is. And the chickens came home to roost. Billy called and said, Andy, we need you to take one big thing for the team. And I said, oh my gosh, I've been taking something for the team every day. He said, well, you're our wonderful gay leader and we need you to go down. Will you suck dick to fix this water problem? Noah, would you like it if you were a kid? Uh, it's a good question. So let's, let's say if I were in my 20s. Yeah, I'd probably like it even more because I think I'd have the sense of you know, I was a bitterer, bitterer. I was a more bitter person then. And I probably would have taken more glee in the suffering of the kids who went because, you know, look at all these pretty girls who won't talk to me. Look at all these guys who seem to be having more fun and are less neurotic than I am, even though they're just like me, don't work as hard as I do, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, I'd probably love it. Um, you know, I'd probably feel less of the satisfaction of seeing people like McFarland and Rule, Mr. Jeffrey. Mr. Mr. Rule. Mr. Rule. Ja Rule. Jeffrey Atkins. By the way, when I was a music journalist in the late 90s, and I do a lot of phone interviews with rising hip-hop stars, I remember I interviewed Ja Rule when he first became famous. And, and if memory serves, he was very nice. Mm -hmm. So there's that. So I think I'd feel less the sting of that because I'm, I didn't really feel like an adult back then. And I wasn't running a business as I am now. I might love it more. 
I might love it for more wrong reasons. How about that? For me, it's almost impossible to imagine another reason even being there other than watching comeuppance of bad guys. And I mean, the bad guys mean my peers, the the people who I'm tilting at, the phantoms of beautiful women, like you said, and, and a bunch of brads who, uh, you know, brads, brads. And, and Devons, the assholes who have all this money from short hills. Yeah, I'd want them to um, die in a, in, a, in a grease fire, just painfully, just <laughs> clawing at glass that I was on the other side of watching them. I think that's enough, and I'm but okay they're, with that. they're just kids. That's the thing. They that's are, the but, but... They're but just if I'm, kids, and kids but if do I'm, stupid stuff. It doesn't matter. If I'm 22, I don't have that kind of empathy. What I do see is that and granted when i was 22 then these things existed it's like the brads and the devons jesus it's like they had to do their date raping up up close and personal it's like you know oh, their stuff on. they were the guys who got jobs and you know they were in the hamptons where i was you know they were already flaunting their wealth and living a consequence-free lifestyle but there was no festival to do this they were just playing their shit out in like page six like when lizzie grubman you remember her when lizzie grubman ran yeah, over those yeah. people outside and Liz, lizzie grubman by the way if you guys don't remember was a a socialite, a child of yeah. privilege who apparently yeah. a couple of vodkas she was a pu- in. She was a publicist as well. A publicist who like backed yeah. over some people outside of a nightclub in Southampton yeah. called uh, Jet East, which I, like I said, I lived right, right around the did block they, from. Did those people die or they were they were seriously injured? Oh, right? they were seriously maimed. Yeah, she was in a, like oh, a geez. you know Ford Explorer or something or Lincoln Navigator and she backed over it. She said like, well, fuck you white trash and backed over them. And so Lizzie Grubin's name was Mud and it's like everybody wanted to watch her squirm and be knocked down a peg knowing that her dad and her mom just paid she's the same thing she was a kid from new jersey i think or New York, but she was this child of privilege who had been given everything and she was entitled and we just want to watch her fall. I mean, and yes, she made big mistakes. I mean, not just big mistakes. It was criminal action. It was not mistake makes it seem like, you know, rounding up error. It's like, no, it was worse. She backed over people in a truck. And it's like, this guy didn't make mistakes. It was, this this was criminal action. It may be more the kids who were our age would have put me off. It's just like, let me watch those little jackasses who are shooting the peace sign and making duck lips on Instagram. Let me see their life ruined for one weekend it's like i'd really want to see them shit their pants that'd be yeah. a lot of fun but i'm really curious like if i were in their shoes i never would have gone to this thing but right now looking back two years later i would be so fucking glad i did it because now i got the story right it's like the ultimate used car salesman i want to get the key and show you guys in here we've actually developed our own little factory and he really wanted to sell you a car and he'd give you a deal that you're sitting there saying, like, I have no idea what this guy does, but I'm pretty certain, because I can't define it, that it's not legitimate. Is the success of these a sign of the apocalypse? No, not at all. Uh, this is exactly what you want to have happen when something crucial culturally unfolds in front of you in a way that gives you the opportunity to read it and learn from it. You want as many people as possible to look at things. You want people to pick it apart, turn it over, and examine it from other angles. And so it just, in this case, we got lucky that two different operations decided to take a look at it and do two different things with it. And they turned out two two pretty good pieces of art, pretty good zeitgeisty things. If these things don't stand the test of time, if this winds up being, hey, do you remember that 2019 fit of peak about Fire Festival and then it got supplanted by 
you know, whatever, Daredevil Season 3 of or Stranger Things. I don't know, whatever. Let's just say this is a, just ephemera. That's fine. It's good ephemera, man. It's like this was a pretty good week to watch TV and to take in these streaming services. And the streaming services making a case for themselves. No, there, there can't possibly be a sign of the apocalypse. And again, we're going to put that hard line up and saying this has zip to do with Fire Festival. This has to do with the role of art and the availability of media and the, the accessibility of the amount of people working in it at a high level at this moment to do good work like this. Now, I mean, it's not like heroic work that's making society, but it's like, it's good TV, man. It's like fucking good TV documentary journalism. You know, that's what's contrary to Apocalypse is that this is streaming. This is binge generation. This is 24-hour, you know, fucking Apple TV. This is that, except it works. I disagree with you. Okay. (laughs) I think there's an apocalyptic element to this. Although, I'll give that an asterisk. Schadenfreude culture, as much as I'm part of it, I could be wrong, but I don't think it's been around forever. The fact that people take pleasure in seeing other people suffer, even if they're villains. There's something unhealthy about that. You know, I'm sure some Buddhist would have a long thing about it. Look, I've always had a problem with bullies, picking on the little guy. That I have a problem with. That is definitely wrong. This is not picking on the little guy. This is picking on the big guy. Yeah. This is classic satire. This is taking the powerful down a peg. What the fuck am I talking about? I mean, maybe this shit has been around forever. Maybe that's what court gestures were doing, right? It's making fun of the king. I'm a little uneasy about the idea that everyone's delighting in disaster. I might be full of shit. I just like arguing with you, Bill. Well, if people want to, I mean, there's a culture of schadenfreude in so many other things, like you mentioned along the way. People have been making schadenfreude-esque entertainment. <laughs> schadenfreude-esque, there's your word, okay. Come on, guys. There's a lot of smart people on this fucking phone call, man. Let's think of how to dig ourselves out of this shit, man. We didn't kill anybody. Nobody got hurt. We made a mistake. We'll get past it. I mean, Grant, nobody died, but we did flat out lie to the public about what we're giving them. I mean, that's fraud. Like, and that's not okay, like, as a company operates. That's not fraud. That's not fraud. That is, uh, I would call that, uh, false advertising. Is any of your dislike contained therein, if it's even present, uh, based in jealousy, I might ask? Well, what dislike do I have? Yeah, it's a good question. Um... You know, I dislike of Billy McFarland and Ja Rule. And yeah, I guess I'm not jealous of the documentaries. If we're staying focused on the documentaries, I'm not yeah, jealous. Yeah, of they, sure. they did a good job and they entertained me. And I'm not a documentarian. I'm not a filmmaker. So it's not like, yeah, why isn't anyone putting my documentary about the Firefest on Netflix and Hulu? My documentary about the Firefest is going to be on um, uh, Friendster Live pretty soon. Uh, <laughs> Friendster the Live. worst, the worst streaming service there is. I don't know what that is. It's going to be on my GeoCities page. Stay tuned. Yeah. What about you? No, I, I'm not jealous at all. I think this is uh, good people doing good things at a high level. Uh, I mean, I'm very buoyed and alloyed by the fact that documentarians are still managing to do good work. They dig into something like this, which is pretty frivolous. Again, compared to something like Khalif Browder or or um, something with uh, more of a pressing, you know, Eric Garner esque thing that we need to look at as society as being a real blight that's actually killing people. This is something a little more frivolous, but. They did a rigorous job anyway. But no, I'm not competing with them, and nor am I feeling like this was something that I wish either they had done differently or I could have had a piece of myself. And so it doesn't inspire any kind of jealousy. But I guess, you know, that's that's pretty obvious based on how glowingly I've been speaking about it for the last hour. All right, so on the... On the Jimmy Falonian scale, where do these documentaries rank? 
this becomes aces, this goes right up to the top for sure. I would put this up with like a key and peel type thing. We have two things in one episode that were both great and they're about the same thing we got to discuss two good movies not one piece of shit not one stupid series <laughs> not one dumb thing it wasn't like fucking riverdale where we had to watch a bunch of it and try to pick out oh one. riverdale wasn't oh, it was bad, dumb bad. it was dumb but my point is it's like this was this was great i'll give this i definitely give this a key and half appeal you know it's nearly that good you know yeah uh, yeah i give it uh you know three uh, seven-eighths of a key and peel and 14 fifteenths of a black mirror. Watch these documentaries if you haven't already. You know, you'll feel better about your sorry state in life, I guess. Let's, let's talk about them, folks. You know what? And look for past episodes of our show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher. Tweet to us at No and Bill Show. We like that. Write to us, No and Bill Don't Get It at gmail.com. Visit I Don't Get It Podcast. Go on iTunes. Give us a review. Look for me on Twitter at William Scurry. And I'm on YouTube at AM Caesar. I am Noah Tarno. I'm uh, on Twitter at Noah Tarno. But as I mentioned before, I don't really care. 400 followers, something like that. I don't even pay attention. But! More importantly, the big quiz thing, bigquizthing.com, corporate and private trivia events nationwide. Uh, wow, we got, uh, January is wrapping up, and we covered seven states in January. It's the most state, most states we've covered in one month, including our debuts in Kentucky and Maryland. You're like a pandemic. I'm like a pand. I am sweeping the country with the measles of quiz fun. Uh, bigquizthing.com, and we're on Twitter and Instagram at bigquizthing, Facebook, all that. Uh, sign up for our mailing list you'll get fresh trivia in your inbox every monday and uh, of course hire us for an event because that's how i pay my rent (laughs) i was trying to say something more interesting there but um it's saturday morning friends sorry tough week all right so uh until then guys you can join us at the don't get it festival in grand exuma and we're not gonna have like there's gonna be fucking a couple of empty hot dog buns it's gonna be we are advertising up front that it's gonna be a shit show but you're gonna come for that all the hottest yeah exactly like uh, this is what we're gonna be honest about we will have disaster tents we will have cheese sandwiches it'll be a gravel gravel strewn will not be there (laughs) they will definitely not be there we're not gonna pay anyone who works on it let's see who shows up we do have an early commitment from Gary Glitter, though. Let's do... Oh, my God. We should do the... Is he, I was thinking, like, the Legally Challenged uh, Musician Film Festival. Oh, legally man. Challenged Musician Festival. I could get worse than that. Is Gary Glitter still alive? A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2019.